Hello and welcome to Casting Nets Podcast, a real podcast, not a fake one, about real life and living faith. I am one of the hosts, Pastor Dave Rudat, and Pastor Will Harley and myself are taking a break from doing a weekly podcast during the season of Lent and instead have these uh, podcasts about the Lord's Prayer, these podcasts that you have about the Lord's Prayer are actually a reuse of a previous podcast slash radio program. Uh, the podcast and radio program is called Voice of the Redeemer. It was a radio program that I had done when I was serving in Pierre, South Dakota. I was also uh, rebroadcast on stations, not just in Pierre, but in northern South Dakota, as uh, congregations in the northern section of, the, of South Dakota wanted to serve their members uh, with a weekly radio program that had God's Word, and it had music from maybe our colleges or our seminary or from other musicians who are Wells, and um, and to feed their members who are far-flung wherever they were in South Dakota. So I had this podcast that I had done, radio program that I had done there in South Dakota, and one of the most listened to podcasts was the podcast on the Lord's Prayer. And so that's what we're going through today, and you're hearing a younger version of me uh, speaking. At, and surprisingly, he's a little bit more intelligent than I am today. I don't know how that works uh, as you grow older. You s- seem to lose an edge. Anyhow, uh, this is a podcast today. We're talking about how you start your prayer, the address of the Lord's Prayer. And no, that's not an article of clothing. The address of the Lord's Prayer is how we uh, begin a prayer, and how we begin a prayer actually says something about our faith and what we believe. So it's a very um, interesting uh, topic to talk about how we start our prayers. Sometimes we don't put a lot of thought into it, but today we are going to put that thought into it. The question that we will ask is, when do we pray to God the Father? When do we pray to God the Son? When do we pray to God the Holy Spirit? As always on this pop program, we are intending this to be the beginning of a conversation. So if you have a question or you have something you want to talk to us about, uh, we welcome that. You can talk to us in person. You can talk to me at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley. You can email me at castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can go to our Facebook page. We have a Facebook presence and you can communicate with us that way. Always the intent is this to have a conversation. So if something uh, rubs you the wrong way or something that just doesn't sit right with you, we encourage you to talk to us about it. And uh, we are willing to be corrected because we hold ourselves to the Word of God and to the Lutheran confessions, um, And but not necessarily everything that comes out of our mouth is something that um, is formulated the way that we want to have it formulated in our mind. Maybe later uh, we change our mind because we're always being molded and formed by the Word of God. Um, other times we are um, sometimes not intending to say what you have heard. And so we are always looking to learn about how better to explain something. And we 
the only way we learn is by people talking to us and and uh, having a conversation. So, with that being said, uh, let's uh, hear some music and get right into our topic. When was the last time you wrote a letter? Nowadays, we don't write very many letters. It's all done by emails or telephones. But the Lord's Prayer is often considered the Christian's letter to God. When we sit down to write a letter, one of the first things we write down is to whom are we are writing. We start a letter by saying, Dear John or Dear Joe or Dear Jane. The first words we say in the Lord's Prayer are an address an indicator of who we are sending this letter to. We send this prayer to our Father who art in heaven. The name Father is a very precious word. It calls to mind a very loving relationship, that of a father to his child. To some, the title of Father is a positive one. It reminds them of their own father and the relationship that they had with him. To others, they may not have that positive reinforcement when they hear the word Father. And so the Lord's Prayer teaches what a true Father is like. A Father is one who loves us, who is our friend, who is our counselor, who is one we can confide in. Who is our Heavenly Father? The person Jesus teaches us to address with the name Father is not someone who is unknown, he isn't a stranger to us. The person we call Father is none other than the one true and holy living God. In addressing God as our Father, we are not using a figure of speech or a formal title for God. In every sense of the word, God is really our Father. He is our Father because He has created us. We did not come into existence by ourselves. Every human being has had the same Creator, God. With Martin Luther, we confess that we believe that God made me and every creature, that he gave me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my mind, and all my abilities. What's true of us is true of all people. God is the Father of all people. God is the Father of all because he has created all people. While God is the Father of all people, not all people recognize him as their Father nor do all receive the benefits of having God as their Father. The vast majority do not know who their Heavenly Father is. Therefore, they cannot come to God and address Him as Father. Only after a person has been brought to the knowledge that God is his Father can one address Him as such. You and I have been brought to that knowledge. We address God as our Father, not because He has created us, but also because he has redeemed us. He has made us his own. He has adopted us to be his children. When we were born into this world, we were not born with a knowledge of God as our Father. We knew nothing about God. We were born sinful and thus enemies of God. It was God who made us his children. God made us his children by sending his only begotten Son to be our Savior. As Galatians says, 
God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. John writes, To all who believe him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God adopted us as his children by creating faith in our heart. The Bible assures us that we are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. What an undeserved honor it has been given to us. We who were born sinful and thus enemies of God, who wanted nothing at all to do with God, we've been adopted by God as his children. As John writes, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. God is our Father by both birth and in a very special way through rebirth when we were brought to faith. In teaching us the Lord's Prayer, Jesus has taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. With these words, he's reminding us that God is not only my Father, he's not only your Father, He is our Father. That word our is a reminder that there are other children of God. There are others who confess the same faith as you and I do. There are other people living in parts, uh, different parts of this world who are also children of God. They also have been adopted by God through faith. The Lord's Prayer, therefore, is a reminder of the common bond that we have with all believers. This common bond is what we call the invisible church. That is, a church that we can't see with our eyes, nor is it limited to a specific denomination. But it is everywhere that people, through faith in Jesus, call on God as their Father. The Lord's Prayer, then, is a distinctly Christian prayer. No one can truthfully pray this prayer if he doesn't believe that Jesus is his Savior, That through the blood of Jesus, he's been justified by God and adopted as his son. Jesus has not only taught us the Lord's Prayer, he has also made it possible for us to pray it. That word, our, is also a reminder that there are others who are the children of God by creation, but not as yet a child of God by adoption. God also desires that they become his adopted children. He has made everything ready for their adoption. Jesus has redeemed them just as well as he has redeemed us. But until they hear the word of God, until they come to faith, they are like the prodigal son. While the prodigal son was away from his father, he was still his father's son. He still had his father's name, but he didn't have all the rights and privileges of a son. He had forfeited those when he left his father's house. Being away from his father, wasting his father's goods, and dishonoring his father's name, he could not experience his father's love, companionship, and blessing. So it is with all those who have not yet enjoyed the blessings of being God's adopted children. They are still God's children because he has created them, but they do not enjoy all the blessings of an adopted child of God. Only when they come to faith will they become an adopted child of God. God anxiously awaits the return of all prodigal children. He has commanded that we, who are his adopted children, go into all the world and tell all people that God is their true Father, who is waiting for their return. To the words, Our Father, Jesus also added, In heaven. Those words don't 
localize God as if to say that God is somewhere up there in the heavens and unable to see or interact with what's going on here on earth. They are a reminder that God is our Heavenly Father and he is Lord of everything. The psalmist says, our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. God possesses all power in heaven and on earth. He rules and governs all things. There's nothing or no one that can stop God. What a comfort that is for us. He possesses all power. Nothing is impossible for him to do. Earthly fathers often find themselves unable to help their children. They want their children to have the best and do the best for them, but they often find themselves unable to give their children the best. Earthly fathers have limited resources and power. That's not the case with God, our Heavenly Father. He has unlimited resources and power. He has power to sustain all things. He who has the power to take care of the birds of the air certainly has the power to take care of us, his adopted children. Our Heavenly Father is perfect, never makes mistakes. He always knows what is best for us, and he will give us only what is best for us. In the Scottish Highlands, a traveler saw some beautiful flowers far down a steep mountain. The traveler saw a shepherd boy and asked him if he would go down and bring him the handful of flowers. The traveler promised the boy a great reward and said he would even hold the rope for him as he descended down the mountain. The shepherd boy eyed the traveler suspiciously and refused to climb down, even if the stranger held the rope. But he was willing to go down the mountain if his father held the rope. They went and got the boy's father. He came and held the rope as the boy climbed down and got the flowers for the traveler. The fact that his father and not a stranger held the rope made all the difference to the boy. The fact that our Heavenly Father and not a stranger is guiding us through life makes all the difference. We can trust him. We know that he loves us. We know that he is concerned about us. We know that he will never allow anything to happen that isn't for our own good. Therefore, we don't need to be afraid of what will happen to us. Even when our Heavenly Father leads us through dark valleys, including the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to be afraid. He's in complete control of everything. Our Father, who art in heaven. These words should remind us that the one we are addressing is God Almighty. He is our Father because he created us, and he is our Father because he adopted us. Our Heavenly Father is ruler over all things. He knows what is best for us, and he will only give us what is best for us. At the same time, these words express our hope that one day we will be with him. We will be with our Heavenly Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us to this to life in this world and we thank you that you have brought us to new life through the power of your word be with us heavenly father as we go through this life whatever you allow to happen in our lives whether good or evil use them for our good help us to see your wisdom and your love despite the most trying of circumstances we also pray the prayer that your son has taught us our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'd like to hear your questions. You can ask your question and be on the radio, have your question be on the radio, by going online, redeemerpeer.net. That's R-E-D-E-E-M-E-R, peer.net. You can also give me a call at 605-224-5201. That's 605-224-5201. The Martin Luther College Choir will now sing Our Father.
what prayers should we pray to God the Father and what prayers should we pray to God the Son? You know, that's a great question. It's a question I ask myself as I'm getting ready for worship on Sunday at Redeemer Lutheran Church. You're thinking of prayers. Should I be addressing this to God the Father? Should I be addressing this prayer to God the Son? Or should I even be addressing this prayer to God the Holy Spirit? We believe and teach that all Christian prayers should be addressed to the triune God. And this includes addressing any one of the three persons, or you may be speaking of the triune God as all three persons. In the Bible, as far as I can tell, there are prayers prayed to a shotgun effect, if you will, a prayer prayed to all three persons of the Trinity. There are also prayers prayed to God the Father and prayers prayed to God the Son. What's very interesting is that there are no prayers listed in the Bible, in the New Testament specifically, addressed to God the Holy Spirit. There's a reason for that. Let's first of all look at examples of prayers prayed to God in a very general way, uh, not specifying which person of the Trinity you're praying to. In Psalm 118, verse 28, it reads, You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. You can also look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Prayers can also be addressed to God the Father. Uh, consider Jesus praying. A lot of times when Jesus prayed, in fact, every time Jesus prayed, he addresses his Father. For example, in John chapter 17, he says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. And Paul writes in Ephesians 5, he says, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prayers may also be prayed to God the Son. If you think of when the people... Uh, talked to Jesus when he was alive and they made requests of him, that was really a prayer to God the Son. Jesus, heal my son or heal my servant, um, those kinds of things. Let's also look at in Acts chapter 7 with Stephen as he's about to be stoned, he prays, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, when it comes to the third person of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit, there are no examples of anyone praying to the Holy Spirit, and that is by design. You see, each person of the Godhead is equal. They're all, they're all God, but they all have different roles. The Holy Spirit didn't die on the cross. Okay? Jesus' role was to suffer and die for our sins. The Holy Spirit's role is to bring us to faith and increase our faith through the word of God and through his uh, sacraments. And we see that throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament, specifically in the early Christian church right around Pentecost. They're praying to God the Father. And guess what? God the Father sends the Holy Spirit. And it strengthens them in their faith. Now, there are examples in the Bible where people are to pray in the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Jude also uses similar language of praying in the Spirit in Jude verse 20. Now see, there's a very distinct difference there. They're praying in the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that creates and strengthens our faith through God's Word that moves us to pray to God the Father and God the Son. So, who do you pray to when you pray? Pray to God the Father. Pray to God the Son. The Holy Spirit who inspired the Scriptures, who told us to pray to God the Father and God the Son, He won't mind if you don't pray to Him. You can pray to all three, if you will, in a very a general way, praying you know, to, just to God. Either way, most important thing is to pray, to talk to your Heavenly Father, to your Savior in Heaven. should probably add also to the Holy Spirit as well. Well, that's the Casting Nets episode for today. I hope you enjoyed the Martin Luther College Choir singing Our Father Who Art in Heaven. That's always one of my favorite uh, uh, renditions of the Lord's Prayer. And until next week, oh, I should probably give you a preview for next week. So next week we're talking about how do God's people keep God's name holy when we pray, Hallowed be thy name. And uh, the question and answer is, which one of God's names are actually his name and which ones are his titles? Until then, live your life freely in Christ. Mm -hmm.